my name's Lysphera Lindenbar, and if this is your first time tuning in, or if we were gone for so long that you forgot, on this show, I give advice to any folks and creatures who may need it. Whew, I was honestly a little worried I was going to mess that up. I feel rusty. Do you feel rusty, Reuven? Oh, our fearless station manager, Reuven, everyone, handled the move like a pro. Meaning, he delegated all of the work and observed it all from a comfortable seated position a short distance away. In case you missed it, we moved! Our last station got damaged by an uninvited dust devil visitor, so we moved our operations to a new tree. And it's nice! I really like it here! It's a little bigger than the last station, and I have this cute little window in front of me with a nice view. The view is kind of just a bunch of leaves, but sometimes, when there's a strong breeze, I can catch a glimpse of the leaves of the tree next door. So, overall, not a bad setup. Oh, maybe I should reintroduce myself, in case this is anyone's first time listening. Hi there! My name is Lysphere Lindenbar. I'm a 177-year-old elf from the Towering Forest. And this is my radio show, where, like I said in the opening, I give advice to any folks and creatures who may need it. Oh, as some of you returning listeners might remember, my new commute to the station has me traveling through the Chattering Grove, this copse of enchanted talking Elpenia trees that never learned any manners. Traveling through there is basically subjecting yourself to all sorts of criticism about your clothes, your personality, your posture that apparently makes you look like a cockatrice with neck pain. It's a fun time. Anyway, my brother, Lenroll, who's a traveling handyman, was contracted to help work on the new station. I think Reuben hired him because he thought Len would give him a discount. Len did not. Len also brought a bunch of his friends with him to help with the station. I guess he's in this group of traveling handy people now. Anyway, I tagged along one day when he went to the station to work. When we got to the chat grove, without saying a word, Lenroll pulled a stick of wax out of his bag, broke off a bit, split that bit in half, and made himself earplugs. Now, mind you, I've tried all kinds of ways to block my ears when walking through the chat grove. And by all kinds of ways, I mean I've tried using my hands and using a really thick hat that I pulled over my ears. Nothing ever worked! But after Lenroll did that, I was like, wow, that wax must work really well because I was trying to ask him if I could use some of it, and he just kept shaking his head and pointing at his ears to indicate that he couldn't hear me, and... Oh, he was messing with me. I can see that now. Anyway, I managed to grab the wax from him, and it worked like a charm! Oh, a deafening charm! That would have also worked. Eh, doesn't matter. I've got the wax now. So, all that is to say that my commute quickly got a lot more enjoyable. Take that, chat grove. I think that's all the updates on the new station. Oh, if you want to write to the show, you can address it to Dearly Sphera at the Towering Forest radio station, same as always, and it'll get to us. There was a little mix-up during the move, and for a short amount of time, all of our posts was going to the Towering Forest Ranger station. But Reuven sent Fiel, our station engineer, to the post office to straighten things out. So thanks to Fiel for doing that, even though I'm sure that's not really within your job description. And great job delegating, Reuven! Let's get into opening some letters! We have a small pile here from when we were moving, but I'm just gonna grab one. Okay, this letter is from Piper Cineo. Piper Cineo, that name sounds familiar. How do I know that name? Okay, uh, Piper writes, Dear Lysphera, my name is Piper Cineo. I used to be well-known as a skilled archer, but I've learned that I now might be more well-known as a statue? Oh! Oh, my Namorous! Piper Cineo! That's the name of that missing gnomish adventurer! Um, if I remember the story correctly, one day she just disappeared into the woods. Then, someone discovered a statue of her that an anonymous artist had made in her honor. People traveled to Foth from all over to visit the statue and pay their respects. Okay, continuing. It happened when I was tracking a creature that was attacking small animals in my hometown, Foth. 
I was in the woods when I stumbled upon a small hut in the forest. Now, any adventurer worth her arrows knows that no one who builds a home that deep in the forest is going to be happy about someone showing up on their doorstep, so I tried to creep away without bringing attention to myself. The last thing I remember is hearing a twig snap behind me, and then darkness. When I woke up, I had been standing upright, so I stumbled and fell to the ground. My whole body was tingling, like all my limbs had fallen asleep. I heard screams, and when I looked around, I was surrounded by people holding flowers and rocks and small trinkets, all staring at me. Eventually, I was taken in and caught up to speed. Apparently, I had been turned into a statue for three years, and no one realized it was actually me! We believe that whoever cursed me to be a statue died, freeing me from the spell. My family was contacted, and I had a reunion with them and with my friends. For me, it felt like I had just seen them earlier that day. It's obviously a very strange situation, but I've been listening to your show, and I wanted to know if you had any advice for how to reacclimate to a world that went on without you for three years. Everything feels different, and I just want it to return to normal. Also, what did I miss? Thank you. Best, Piper. First, I'd like to say... This is a great time for everyone to check your statues. Grab a local curse breaker and just check out all your statues. Especially the ones that just appeared out of nowhere. Doesn't hurt to make sure. <sighs> Piper, I'm so sorry that happened to you, but I'm glad you're back. I'm really not sure how a person can return to normal after that. And maybe things won't ever be fully normal again, but I think you just have to take it one day at a time. And you're very fortunate to have family and friends who are there to support you. As for what you've missed, well, let's see. Um, oh, the Sundar Squirrels won the last two Grevlon Vineball Finals, making that an eight-year streak. But the Towering Forest Fire Frogs are looking pretty good this year, so we'll see if that lasts. Uh, what else, what else, what else? Obviously, I can think of a bunch of things that are specific to the Towering Forest, but I'm trying to think of bigger events. Um, oh! That rock giant that was living up in the peaks of Paragor stopped making those rock slides that were damaging those villages. A group of adventurers traveled up there to fight him, but they managed to convince him to slide his rocks further east, so they'd slide harmlessly into a remote corner of the marshlands. So that was good news. Um... Namorous alive! I know exciting things happen every day, but I just can't bring myself to think of a single one! Piper, I think your best bet is to just absorb information as you go. It'll probably be overwhelming to try to catch up on everything that's happened in the past three years anyway. I got overwhelmed just trying to remember any of it. I know I'm going to think of like five important things that happened as soon as we move on. I just know it. Anyway, Piper, I wish you the best of luck. And I know you'll reacclimate just fine. Thanks for writing in. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. And then we'll be back to give more advice. Remember, if you need advice, you can write into Dear Lesfera at the Towering Forest radio station. But first, a word from our sponsor. We've all seen trees, but have you ever heard a tree tell you that it looks like you picked out your clothes from the trash after having a blinding spell cast on you? Well, look no further. Spend your next vacation in the towering forest and experience the wonder of the chattering grove. Years ago, the great wizard Selswyn, the hermit, Tholo, enchanted a grove of Alpenia trees with the power of speech to alert him of anyone approaching his front door. Thanks to the trees, any time he had a visitor, Tholo had time to extinguish all the lights and pretend to not be home. Eventually, the wizard moved to a remote location off the coast of Poer, leaving the towering forest with our greatest treasure, the Chattering Grove. As you approach our famed wood, you'll quickly discover that the Chattering Grove is uninhibited by common civility. 
The trees will not hesitate to comment on your appearance or about any aspect of your personality that they can garner from how you present yourself. I visited the Chattering Grove with my family and the trees told me it was clear that my brother was the favorite. It was so funny. I took my daughter to the Chattering Grove and the trees said I looked like an old ugly crone who took her from her real family to repay a debt and then told me I should have grabbed a better looking one. We were cracking up. Those trees told my girlfriend that she's out of my league and then tried to set her up with this other guy who was visiting the grove. It was so funny. She hasn't been answering my speaking plant calls. What do you think the Chattering Grove will have to say to you? There's only one way to find out. Visit the Towering Forest to receive some of the most vicious and personal verbal attacks you've ever experienced in your entire life. It's a whole lot of fun. Chat with you soon. This message is brought to you by the Towering Forest Tourism Division. And we're back with Dearless Fira. For those of you just tuning in, on this show, I give advice to any folks and creatures who may need it. Usually, I would tell you to tell your speaking plant to call Lisfira at the Towering Forest radio station, but unfortunately, we're still figuring out the speaking plant setup here in the new studio, so we're unable to take calls today. But I do have some more letters here, so let's go ahead and see what they have to say. This letter is from Gemrard. They write, Dear Lisfira, I'm in a fairly new relationship, but so far it's been going pretty well. I was hit with an accidental curse at a young age that causes my nose to change shape at random, which can be off-putting for a lot of people, so it was nice to find someone who isn't bothered by that. Aww. However, something's come up that made me a little concerned. My boyfriend is a wizard in training with a specialty in potions, and lately he's been asking me for things like strands of hair and fingernail clippings. When I ask why he needs those things, he says it's just for some potions he's working on that call for human bits like that. I think he saw the doubtful look on my face and assured me that the potions have nothing to do with me. Should I be concerned? I don't want to accuse him of anything, but I get a little nervous thinking about what he could be using my beard trimmings for. Thanks for reading. Sincerely, Gemrard. Hmm. Well, the first thing I'd say is that trust is important in any relationship. If your boyfriend says that the potions have nothing to do with you, it's good to show him that you trust him when he says that. However, if it's making you uncomfortable to not know what he's using these things for, maybe ask him to walk you through some of his potion making sometime. That way, you can be more familiar with what exactly he's using these things for, and as an added bonus, he'll probably appreciate you showing an interest in his work. If it still makes you uncomfortable though, it's completely valid for you to just tell him you don't want to give any more of your hair or nails. Make it clear that it has nothing to do with him, but you're just not comfortable with it. He might be a little unhappy at first, but your relationship will be better if you're just honest with him. And if he gets really upset over it, then that might be a red flag. Hope that helps. Thanks for writing in. I went on a few dates with a sorcerer once who would collect my words. <laughs> Sorry. Reuben just slowly lowered his newspaper with the most confused look on his face. Um, he had this spell where I would say something and he would capture it in a jar. I thought it was kind of cute. He said that way he could listen to my voice and think of me. Then, a couple dates later, he showed me the sock puppet he had made that would speak with my voice when he moved his hand. I stopped seeing him immediately after that. Okay, I went on two more dates, and then I stopped seeing him. Then, Raydra broke into his tree and stole the sock, and I stuffed it in the back of my sock drawer. Figured that was the most appropriate place to keep it. It's still back there, isn't it? forgot about that. Okay, our next letter is from Glaza. Glaza writes, Dear Lesphira, am I the glass troll? 
Oh, for those who don't know, I actually just learned this recently. In trollish culture, a glass troll is a person who is perceived as too sensitive about something, so much that they could break like glass. So Glaza is asking if they're being too sensitive about something. Okay, continuing. Am I the glass troll? I'm a fairy person at the Vera Canyon. I operate the enchanted flying fairy that carries folks back and forth across the canyon. I'm also in charge of collecting the fare for the passage. Ten plemons for a one-way trip. Unless you fall into one of the many categories that makes you eligible for reduced or free passage. Oh, I thought they were going to say, unless you fall into the canyon. <laughs> Phew. One day, my friend, I'll call him Beva, came to use the ferry, but realized he didn't have enough plemons on him. He isn't in any of the categories that grants him free passage, but I let him on anyway and paid the fare myself. That was a couple months ago. Since then, Beva has come to use the ferry multiple times and never has the plemons on him. After the third time this happened, I told him that he needs to start bringing the fare because I have to keep paying for it out of pocket. Beva said that he didn't know that and I should have told him I was doing that. I guess he thought I was just letting him on for free and not paying the fare. I let him on for free that time, figuring that was the end of it. But then a week later, he was back and still didn't have the money for the fare. This time, I told him that he couldn't get on the ferry without the Plemons. He said it wasn't fair that I would suddenly stop covering his passage, even though I warned him the time before that he had to start paying the fare. When I prevented him from getting on the ferry, he got angry and told me that it shouldn't be a big deal for me to just let him on and that he doesn't have the money because he's been busy planning the tavern he's going to open. He said that the ferry should let young entrepreneurs ride for free and that when he has his tavern, he would let me drink for free whenever I wanted. He also said that the tavern is going to have a giant enchanted dragon's head inside that breathes fire. I don't know why he decided to share that at that moment, but he did. I told him that if he gives unlimited free drinks to everyone he wants free stuff from, the tavern's not going to be very profitable. I also told him that having a fire-breathing dragon's head inside sounded like a fire hazard, which somehow made him more upset than the first thing. Anyway, that's when he called me a glass troll and left. So I thought I'd ask you, am I the glass troll here? Should I have just kept letting him ride for free, since I gave him the expectation that he'd be able to ride for free every time? Thanks for your insight, Glaza. Glaza, I definitely think you're in the wrong. You're wrong for calling this person a friend. Namrus alive, you did a nice thing for him and now he's taking advantage of you? You're definitely not the glass troll in this situation. If this person's mad at you, good. Hopefully now he'll stay away and won't leech off your kindness anymore. Sorry if this is coming off as aggressive. I really try to keep an unbiased attitude on this show. Okay, that's not true. Well, it's true that I try, but I know I'm not very good at it. So. Good riddance to your so-called friend. You're a very nice person and very good at your job. And I hope you get a raise. Oh, that got me riled up. I've actually ridden the Vera Canyon Ferry once. I was a lot younger, probably in my 80s. I thought there was more to that story, but no, that, that was about it. Anyway, I think it's about time to wrap up today's show. Thank you so much for returning to Dear Lysphera. Next up we have... A special live broadcast from the Chattering Grove? No! Why are we doing that? Why would anyone want to hear those sap-drenched... Sorry? Right? <clears throat> Next up, we have a special live broadcast from the Chattering Grove. Have a listen to hear what these spectacular trees have to say. It's truly something. I'll talk to you all again real soon. But in the meantime, keep your chin up and... Keep a close watch on your hair trimmings and fingernail clippings, just in case. Oh, and check your statues! Check your statues. Bye!
Thank you for listening to Dear Lesphira, which was created, written, and edited by Katie Siegel. Lesphira and the sponsor voices were voiced by Katie Siegel. And I'm Nicole. Hi! If you enjoyed the show and want to help it grow, please take a minute to leave a kind review on the Apple Podcast app. If you do, and if Katie ever opens her own tavern, she'll give you free drinks until the dragon's head eventually burns the whole place down. We have Dearless Fear merch. Check it out at teespring.com slash store slash Katie Flies Away. For more Dearless Fear, check out at Dearless Fear on TikTok. You can also follow at Dearless Fear on Twitter and Instagram. Or don't. Live your life. Bye!